Welcome into Bucks Insider presented by Verizon. Casey Phillips here with senior writer and editor Scott Smith. And man, it feels good to talk about a win. Indeed. Indeed it does. And uh, there was a lot of interesting things about this game. A lot of intriguing storylines. So I know we're going to get into several of them. What were just some of your first initial takeaways from that win? I think my favorite storyline from the game was you getting trapped in the... Uh in the treasure, treasure chest, chest. <laughs> yep, <laughs> the torrential downpour and an electrical treasure chest, you know, it was just, uh, I was kind of hiding in there, but I was more dry than most people outside, so I can't really complain too hard. <laughs> I think you meant, though, what happened on the field. Yes. And I think probably the most encouraging thing, not from just this game, but the last two, is the running game does seem to be coming around now. And we know how much Dave Canales and Todd Bowles want that to be a part of the offense, because even when it hasn't been working, they've still been running 27, 28, 30 times a game. Last game, 128 yards. The game before that, 125, averaging about five yards a carry over those two games. And that was really critical on a day where, like you just said, it was pouring. And it was hard to throw the ball. Both quarterbacks completed fewer than 50% of their passes. Baker Mayfield said on the, the ball that kind of floated and got intercepted that it kind of slipped out of his hand because yeah. the ball was wet. And um, if the Bucks had not been able to run the ball in that game, I'm not sure that they would have. I know the big touchdown for Mike Evans came on one 75 yard pass, which is awesome. But That's what I think we should do every time. <laughs> I will suggest that to Dave Canales of that play exactly. every time, yes. Uh, but I don't think the Bucks would have been able to put up the number of points they needed to win the game if they had not been able to run the ball. Mm -hmm. yeah. and, and they always say that being able to run the ball in December in the playoff stretch run is key, and the teams that can do it are the ones that come out on top. So hopefully this is a sign of things to come, and it's not just a couple fluky games, but the Bucks really have figured out that run game. And Dave Canales said that in addition to the offensive line kind of gelling and a couple guys like Cody Mauk and Robert Hainsey getting better and better, um, uh, Rashad White – he said is being more disciplined mm -hmm. was the word he used in how he's pressing the run. So what he means is where he's going to make the blocking scheme work. And he's doing that more frequently, like on every carry. Yeah, and I um <coughs> I had Harold Goodwin on the radio show this okay, week, who's the, the run game coordinator, and he was talking about how much the running back coach Skip Pete has been working with Rashad about running lower and, and having his pads okay. at a lower level. All right. Because they've talked about the idea of hey, even wherever you get tackled, if your pads are lower you're probably, yeah, the momentum is going a few extra yards without you even having to do anything else. And wow. so the pad level, okay. that that's something they've really been working on with him, and it's helped for some of those interior runs where we knew he was good out in space. So he's we getting knew. six instead of four. Exactly, four yeah, so those extra two. little bit by already being nice. in a lower position, okay. which I thought was great to hear. And, I mean, now we've also seen, again, those explosive runs. The last two games, 30-plus yeah. yard runs. Yeah. That's a huge deal in terms of even just one of those, what that can mean yeah. for how you feel. Yeah, it really, really changes the final stat line. For yes, sure. and of course, like usual, Antoine Winfield, <coughs> we got to talk about him. We always have to talk about him. He's making us address his stat line every single week, which we absolutely love. And uh, obviously the league recognized his play as well. He was the NFC Defensive Player of the Week, incredibly well-deserved. What did you notice from his game? Well, I noticed that he did everything. He yeah. was all over the field. I mean, uh, Eight tackles led the team, a sack, an interception, two tackles for loss, quarterback hit, three passes defense. What didn't he do? It's incredible. And add it all up in this season. We've been talking about him a lot because he's been doing this a lot. He's the first defensive back in the NFL since 2002, which is the year the Bucks won the Super Bowl, mm. by the way, with two, at least three forced fumbles, at least three fumble recoveries, at least two interceptions, and at least two sacks. In a single, in a whole season. In a season. He's got five games to go. Wow. So, you know, he's just doing it all. And, and I just, 
I made a preseason prediction in writing that Anton Winfield Jr. would be a first-team Associated Press All-Pro safety this year, and man, I think it's really I possible. Can't, um, I can't. I will be so mad if he's not. I just feel like, what else would you have to do? What do you do, have to do right? Yeah. Like, I understand there's a lot of good players in this league, but man, I just can't imagine many more doing the kind of things he's well, doing. We're going to see another one that's probably going to be Jesse I was going to say, Bates. this is the other. Uh, I think in this game, this weekend, will feature the two all-pro safeties, but we'll see. Which actually, Jesse Bates is actually is the person that Antoine said he likes watching in the league, oh, okay. which I thought was cool. Um, yeah, and so not only is Antoine doing incredible things on the field, but he's also doing amazing things off the field, and he has become our Walter Payton Man of the Year nominee, which I think is just one of the absolute coolest awards to be nominated for in the entire NFL because it means, again, you're doing great things on the field, but more importantly, even you're doing incredible things off the field. And you see here, he's uh, he's done a lot with foster children. Yeah. That's become the cause near and dear to his heart. And mm -hmm. we have a lot of stuff about it on the Buccaneers website if you want to learn more about what he's done. Yeah, the Walter Payton Award, does, it, it recognizes primarily a player for what they do for their community, but you don't get nominated for that unless you're also a great player mm -hmm. on the field. It kind of yeah. has to be both. Right. And so. Antoine has reached that point in his career. And, you know, when we talk about this game that he just played, what do you want more out of a defensive player on your team than to get you off the field? Yep. yep. By whatever means necessary, whether it's a turnover or it's a third down tackle, whatever it is, if you're the one that is getting the, the offense back on the field, you're doing the most important job by a defender. And aside from all the stats, take a look at this here. He had six plays on either third or fourth down that ended drives. That's incredible. That's incredible. How many drives were there in the game? Like 12 per team? I mean, you're, he's consistently throughout the game ending drives, whether it be a tackle for us, a breaking up a pass, of course, the interception at the end of the game. And a couple of those tackles he combined with another defender, so I want to give everybody credit. Right. But still, he was there and he yeah. made it happen. So uh, just an unbelievable game for for a player doing exactly what you want out of a defender yep props to Antoine happy he is on our squad another guy we are pretty happy to have man Mike <laughs> Evans just exploded in this game for whatever reason he loves to play against the Panthers <laughs> it is wild what his stats are against them yeah um, but man this game not only was it just an amazing game individually and what he meant to this offense to get this very crucial win but of course we got the records and all of the big numbers that we've been waiting for all year with his thousand yard season so um yeah just explain a little bit about what mike did not just in this game but what some of these records are that he was able to hit well that was the longest play of his career by the way which, which is, is kind of crazy amazing. yeah um he hit a thousand yards for the 10th straight season uh, most people know these these stats because we've talked about them a lot. He's the first player to do that in the first 10 years of his career. In fact, six by Randy Moss was the previous record, so he's held that for a while. His 10 in a row at any point in career is only one behind Jerry Rice's streak of 11 for the longest in history, which is amazing. And then 10 period, whether they're consecutive or not, is tied for the second most behind Jerry Rice. So, you know, all these people who are now suddenly coming out and saying, like I think J.J. Watt said it maybe on Twitter, Mike Evans is the first ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah, we've been there for a while. Yes. Glad you guys are joining us on this yes. train. Yes, everyone, uh, everyone down here has been like, yeah, we knew. So I, I came, I, I got another stat for that we probably haven't done before because I want to do something a little bit different. Um, this is players, because he got his 10th touchdown in that game, by the way, also. So he's now had five seasons with at least 1,000 yards and at least 10 touchdowns. And there you have the seven players who have done that at least five times. You see that little asterisk by their names? Yep. Every single one of them is in the Hall of Fame. 
incredible. Again, what more do we have to say? I do think that Mike has made it incredibly easy for the people that have to make the arguments for who goes in. <laughs> like, yeah, that there's just going to be so many stats available, which yeah. we know is what the committee <laughs> loves to hear. Um, and I just I love how much Bucks fans love him, and we're so excited for him, and everyone just loves celebrating this. And I also thought, similarly to Antoine, another guy who's incredible on and off the field, it was so great because Friday, right before this game, he had a, two of his bigger oh, Mike yeah, Evans Family right. Foundation events. And I just thought, what a perfect weekend to encapsulate Mike Evans and who he is and what he's meant to this team and franchise and, and just to get to celebrate his on the field and off the field accomplishments all kind of in yeah. one weekend was incredible. We wanted cool. to get him mic'd up for the game. Um, just in case, yeah. but he was 150 yards out when we started. So at first, I was like, eh, "Do we need to do that or not?" Yeah. I was like, "We better," because yeah. Mike could go off. Yeah, he really could. <laughs> and then I he think did. our I think our department had gotten him to agree to be mic'd up until yeah. it happened, and maybe this is why it happened. He's like, "All right, one is good." Yeah, That's I, just, I don't <laughs> want to be mic'd up for get three it done. straight weeks. Get it done. So now we know how to motivate him to get a big day. Um, all right. So in addition to Mike's game, Antoine's game, one of the storylines to me that was just so fascinating was how. I thought I was going to get called upon to play inside linebacker you were at probably one point. Next. Yeah, you and I were probably uh, right <laughs> right around there in, in next up because this team, I mean, there are always injuries. I don't remember a time where it was so condensed mm -hmm. in one position. So tell us a little bit about how we kind of found all this out, the, pro the, the progress of who was hurt, who was not, and the way that we saw Coach Bowles kind of move things around and try to make it work. A few, a few years ago, I remember, like, we had a bunch of defensive line penalties at the same, uh, injuries at the mm -hmm. same time and a bunch of receiver injuries at the same time. But I don't think I've ever, we've ever been so far down that you had to start a player or play a player out of position. So the Buccaneers have five off-ball linebackers on their 53-man roster. And going into that game, three of them, the two starters, Levante and Devin and Ricky Servasi-Dennis, were all inactive due to injury or illness so you only had two and that was kj Britt and jj russell jj russell had just come up from the practice squad and both of those guys only had one start in their career and that was in the atlanta game at the end of last year when we rested all the starters so you're already relying on two guys who have very little experience starting on defense and then sure enough Unfortunately for him, and I felt bad for him, but K.J. Britt went out of the game with a back injury, just seven defensive snaps in the game. So what do you do? You don't have any more. What do you do? You put in Ryan Neal, the safety, and he had practiced, and I'm doing quotation marks, which you can't see because we're watching uh, video, but he had practiced at that position during the week. But by that, I mean to say he had a few walkthrough snaps and yep. a few snaps on Friday. And he said, I, they just kind of gave me a basic idea of what I would need to do in case I was needed. And then he was needed, and he said, oh, I mean, this play was huge. Incredible. Great run blitz off the backside on a third and yeah, one. Yeah, and when you look at the final score, that difference yeah. in seven to three right mm -hmm. there, that, that's the game. Exactly. Yeah, yeah I, I was really impressed by him, and Coach Bowles really um, praised him a lot in his press as conferences well this week, as well he should have. That was uh, truly incredible. Of course, you also think about the fact that the inside linebacker position is who wears the mic in their helmet. Yeah, they switched. Getting all the calls, and they kept having to, it was like, no, you take it. Okay, now you take <laughs> yeah. it. Now you take it. Um, all right, and then uh, Yaya Diaby gets his fifth sack. It was maybe a little untraditional in the sense of it was more of a run him out of bounds sack, but yeah. hey, it counts. Yeah, it counts. He ran, them, he chased him out of bounds for zero yards, so that's officially a sack, and while you might go, mm, is that really a sack? I actually remember watching that play being impressed by how Yaya was keeping up with Bryce mm -hmm. because Bryce could have got around the corner there but yeah I was like wow Yaya's showing some speed on yeah. that one so before I even knew it was a sack which I'm glad he got credit for I was impressed by the play so he's now 
really close to leading the NFL among rookies in sacks. There it is. He's tied for second. I mean, you know, the Texans spent the third overall pick on Will Anderson and traded up to do so. Wow. And Yaya's given the same number of sacks. Now, I'm, I don't want to oversell it. Will Anderson's having a phenomenal season. and has had tons of quarterback pressures. But Yaya Diaby was a third-round pick. Mm-hmm. And you ju- I think I've said it before, you just yeah. don't generally find impact pass rushers in the third round. And he wasn't starting for so much True. of that. He was getting less snaps than True. some of the other guys. So, like, his per-snap <coughs> sack rate is really, good. is really, really good, which is exciting. Um, all right, so now looking forward to this next week, Falcons game. Big deal game in terms of the standings and what this means. I know that uh, Coach Bowles was asking, does this feel like a, a playoff game? And he said, Basically, every game now yeah. is a playoff game, but this one in particular, this, big. this is big. So lay out for us what this game would mean in terms yeah. of our overall standings. So the Bucks, the Bucks have five games left, right? Five? Mm-hmm. And three of them are against division opponents. So there's obviously a lot of key games left. I don't necessarily think that the Buccaneers have to run the table to win the division. If they do run the table, they will win the division, um, period. Yep. That's a given. Uh, this game is the most important one if you just judge them all by what they mean to the Bucks' playoff hopes because the Buccaneers are one game behind the, the Falcons and they lost to the Falcons in Week 7. So if the Buccaneers were to lose this weekend, they would be two games back, but functionally three games back because Atlanta would have that head-to-head tiebreaker. Both games, yeah. Yeah, and so you would have to make up, you would have to win three more games than the Falcons do over the last four weeks. and. So that basically that's means they nice, have to but lose now you're counting on Atlanta yeah. to start losing a lot, and you yeah. don't want that. Now, if the Bucks win, which we're confident they mm-hmm. they can, now they're tied for first, and they, not Atlanta, control their own destiny. The Bucks win out, and Atlanta wins out. The Buccaneers will win the tiebreaker. They will be tied in record. They'll be tied in head-to-head. They'll be tied in division record. So they'll go to common games, and the Bucks will have one more win in common games than the Falcons. That's well, common opponents. Right, yeah. Teams that both teams played. Yep. So, so this one's you're, you're going to know after yeah. this game whether the Bucks play out, or division title hopes. There's still wild card in play, but division title hopes will either be very, very much alive or really hanging on an edge. Yep, that's going to be interesting to watch. And then also, we just wanted to remind everybody, this last week was the My Cause, My Cleats game. If you want to see all of the different guys' cleats and the causes that they were uh, supporting, there's a lot of great stuff on the Buccaneers' website. So this is one of the examples Coach Bowles used, uh, Autism Speaks, as his uh, cause and charity. This is his son, and this is them seeing the sensory rooms they had built at the stadium for anyone with sensory issues who comes to the stadium, needs a bit of a break, needs to get away from some of the lights, the sounds, everything like that. It's an incredible place for kids, adults alike, anyone who might need a quiet spot during the game. So his family partnered up with TSA, the Glazer family did this, and I just thought it was such a wonderful cause, wonderful thing to see. Um, and then also, I got a chance to go, I think I kind of teased this on one of our mm-hmm. earlier shows, uh, Dee Delaney and Devin Tompkins, I went with them to Gigi's Playhouse. There's their adorable children, and they both have Down syndrome. They're about only about a year apart in age, which is just so cool that these guys have each other to go through this with and talk about things with, and um, that their kids get to know each other a little bit. So we went over there. Their kids played with each other, and um, didn't didn't they spontaneously start to hold hands at one point? They did. It was really cute (laughs) that we just and they uh, they had not met actually until this point. This was kind of the first chance for these kids to really meet. And yeah, we just all of a sudden looked over. They were holding hands, and I was like, well, this is the cutest thing ever. So um, yeah, and Gigi's Playhouse, great place where they um, they're in a Center. 
So they help, every again, kids, adults, anyone. They have one-on-one -on -one sessions. They have group sessions. They do everything from tutoring, speech therapy, all sorts of stuff. So um, really great place, really cool cause. And just to see those two guys in a, in a different light, they gave really, really sweet answers talking about their children. And so I just love when win, lose, or draw, whatever happens on a Sunday, I love getting a chance to show our fans a, a reminder of like, these are humans. They go home. They go home, they have families, they have lives, and uh, it, just to see another side of them yeah. is always really fun. So my cause, my cleats game, always one of my favorites. Um, all right, so now we'll close with this. Any injury updates as we just talked about the litany of them at one position? Do we feel like we're gonna be getting the call for you and I to play this Sunday, or are we in a better spot? I'm happy to report that I have pretty good news. And probably, I mean, it's not, people found out yesterday, so yeah. maybe a lot of people already know this, but Levante David, was back in practice. And I don't know if that was a sure thing on Monday. Uh, Todd Bowles said he was hopeful that Levante would be close. Mm -hmm. That sounds to me like, mm, I don't know. But the Buccaneers didn't, as is common this late in the season, instead of holding a full speed practice on Wednesday, they made it kind of a jog through. So it's basically an estimate of what the player would have participated, the, their level of participation had it been full speed. And Levante was full participation mm. so if you're starting full participation on wednesday a that's deal. a great sign it is uh, not unexpectedly Sarbase dennis who was missing due to illness was also back to full participation and kj Britt was a limited participant so that position which was so dire uh just what four days ago looks like a little bit better probably yeah. are at least going to be close to fully staffed against the falcons which is important because that's like the fifth or sixth best or fourth main rushing attack in the league yeah they got three incredible running uh, backs yeah. So, yeah i don't know about you but when i close my eyes and picture levante david having one of his great games i i picture it in atlanta mm. i feel like he just always does well in atlanta i don't mm. know why that Interesting. is but uh i can think of games where he's just all over the field so getting levante back would be gigantic now on the flip side three of the five starters on the offensive line were on the injury report and either did not practice or were limited and that's a bit of a concern yes absolutely all right well stay tuned to all the rest of the injury reports the one on friday of course is the one that tells us the most about in out questionable all of that stuff so stay tuned to buccaneers.com for that thanks for being with us we'll see you next time